was life there. And God, how important it was to obey your word. And tonight, Lord, I pray that we would, we would take that to heart and we would obey your word, what you have to say in it. And God, that we would apply it to our lives and, and just, God, walk in your way if we're expecting to be blessed. So, Lord, we want to ask tonight to, read, to bless the reading of your word. And, uh, God, we just thank you for the music that we had tonight. And, Lord, we just want to pray for our, thank you for our ladies that led us. We want to pray you'd bless them. And, God, just bless this time of Bible study. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, tonight, like I say, I just got two verses we want to look at. It's not long. It's not complicated. It's very simple. But something I want us to note tonight is what God told Joshua as, uh, as he's getting ready to go into the promised land. Three different times he told him to be, be, be strong and of good courage. And, uh, and again, in verse 7, he says, only be strong and very, very courageous. But then as we go down into um, verse 7, he says, that you, may, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Now, we got the only be strong and very courageous, Dan Kent. He made a statement in one of his commentaries that I wrote down. I, I, like, I like statements, and, and sometimes people can say it better than I can, so you, you hear me say, quote people a lot, but I don't try to put it in my own words. I can just give you a straight quote. But Dan Kent said, Joshua, when, he, when, when God tells him to be strong and courageous, Dan Kent had the opinion. He said, Joshua needed to take serious to do as Moses commanded him to do in the law and as God had commanded him because and you say Moses well we're going to look here in Deuteronomy in just a moment uh, as to why we said Moses there but God had told Moses in Deuteronomy 31 we're going to go look at that in just a moment under God's instructions but God had instructed Joshua to be strong and courageous and so and let me let me just say two things here that I, I get from that scripture observing and and doing according to what God tells us to do especially in today's time it takes a lot of courage to do that. It, it ta- it's not easy. Um, you know, we read this sometimes, and I think we look at this and we go, well, gosh, God told him three times to be courageous and to be strong, and, and he could take the land. And we look at that and we go, why did God tell him three times? Well, first off is he knew what lied before him. See, Joshua, I think, had a pretty good idea of what lied before him, but God really knew what lied, what lied before him. But he also knew that Joshua was going to be dealing with a bunch of disobedient people. And uh, 40 years had had to transpire for the, for the older generation to die off so that Joshua could lead the younger generation into the promised land. But just because this younger generation was the ones God was going to allow to go in didn't mean that they still weren't people and that they still weren't going to be hard-headed at times and didn't mean that they were going to influence Joshua at times. God knew that Joshua had his work cut out for him. And I believe that's why he looked at him in verse 7 and says, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Now, we'll look at that a little deeper in just a moment. But again, as Kent said here, Joshua needed to take serious what God's word said. And I think you and I can take a life application. And that's one thing I like about of the Bible is this is Old Testament. Uh, this was the children of Israel. No, we're not Jewish, and no, we're not the children of Israel, and all that kind of stuff. But there's life application in everything that God said to His people. We can apply it today to us as well. And so they had the law, the first five books of the Bible there that God had given Moses. We have, we have the entire uh, Bible, but still at the same time, let me say this. So when we say the law, we're referring to the first five books that, uh, of the Bible there that Moses had, that God had given Moses to write down. But listen, you and I today need to take serious. We need to take serious 
the things that God's Word says. It's not in there, as, as I heard somebody say one time, it's not suggestions, they're commandments. They're, they're things that God said that we need to do. They're not just, well, if we don't have anything else better to do, it's this is what you need to do. And so as children of God, we need to observe the Lord's Word. And so what we said a while ago about, about Deuteronomy, if you were to back up a couple of pages to Deuteronomy 31, you will see what I was talking about in verse 7. We see here at the end of Deuteronomy, we see Moses is commanding Joshua. It says, then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, he said, be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Now, we see God is giving Joshua this command here in Joshua 1. We see Moses here in Deuteronomy 31 encouraging uh, Joshua that you need to listen to the words of the Lord. I can't help but think when I read those couple of verses there in Deuteronomy that Moses was speaking from experience. You know, because Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. Moses got to see it, but he never got to enter into it. Why? Because he was swayed by the people. There were many times that God had spoken into Moses' life, and Moses listened to the people. And I think, well, if anything, Moses might have been conveying to Joshua, Joshua, make sure you listen to what God says, regardless of what anybody else tells you. You don't listen to them. You listen to God. And I can't help but think that because it's important that we not be swayed by anyone else, but we need to listen to what God's Word says. Now, then he says here, he says, Be strong and courageous that you may observe to do it according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded. But then he says, Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Now, um, I, ha I had to sit and ponder on that for a while. I, I knew what I thought it meant, but I wanted to be sure I wasn't missing anything. But... Um, as we see here again, you can back back up into Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 32. We see that God had given Moses the same words. In verse 32 and 33, he says, Therefore you shall be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Um, thinking about the words that God had given Moses there and the same words that God had given Joshua, when he says, don't, sway to, don't turn to the right hand or to the left, I think what God was trying to tell both these men was that this, God's ways are likened to a straight path. There are no veering off to the right, there's no veering off to the left. It's a straight path. Now, <clears throat> this was before my time, okay? Some of you may have experienced this. I'm quoting behind my dad because my dad grew up in this time. But when you plowed with a mule, I've never plowed with a mule, okay? I barely plowed with a tractor, but I, but I, you know, I didn't grow up on a farm. Uh, but I do know how to drive a tractor and I do know how to plow, but uh, not done that a whole bunch in my life. I cut more with a rotary motor, probably than I have anything else. But I can remember dad telling me about plowing with a mule. 
He said, you know, you had to put those blinders on that mule so he could see straight ahead. He said, because if you didn't, he'd get to looking at everything out here, and he'd, wanna, he'd start going to the right or going to the left. He said, you had to keep him straight on the path that he needed to stay on, not to be veering, because you wanted to, you wanted to plow straight rows. And so I thought about that today as I was looking through this scripture, and I think that's how we need to be as Christians today. God's way is like a straight path. There's no veering off. Now, it doesn't mean that God doesn't take us in different directions sometimes, but His way is a straight way. And it's matter of fact, He even references that in the New Testament, where God, the way to Jesus is a straight and narrow way. And there's a lot of people that don't choose to go that way, but they choose the broad way, which leads to destruction. God's way is a straight way. And He's telling Joshua, He says, you know, don't go to the right hand. Don't go to the left hand. I think what he's saying is don't waver. Don't waver. Uh, stay consistent. Stay on the road that I put you on. Stay on the path that you're supposed to be on. Don't get to looking at what everybody else is doing. Don't look at this. Don't look at that. You pay attention to me. And that's where our eyes need to be fixed today. Because if we're not careful, listen, and, and I think this here applies to us today in 2020 more than anything else don't get sidetracked. We could put it in those words. See, God is a straight way, but the sidetrack probably applies to us more than anything else. Have you ever been serving the Lord and all of a sudden you got sidetracked onto something else? And before you realized that you weren't where you were supposed to be at? In other words, you felt like God put a, a calling in your life maybe, that God wanted you to do something, but then you got busy at work or maybe you, you started pursuing something else in life. And, and listen, God didn't stop. You know, if he placed something on your heart, he didn't change his mind. But sometimes we kind of get busy doing our own thing. Uh, I remember when, and I've probably shared this with you guys before, but I remember when God uh, burdened my heart for ministry. And, and in all seriousness, it was before I ever got out of high school. I remember, um, well, I won't give you the whole story because you don't have time for that tonight. But I just remember being in high school and witnessing a youth pastor for the very first time who wasn't even at the church that I attended. It was at a whole other church that I had visited. That was the first time I'd ever seen a youth pastor. Matter of fact, it was Ron Carter. Anybody know Ron Carter? Some of y'all probably know Ron Carter. He's from Hoboken originally. Used to be the music minister at Emmanuel Baptist. Well, two different times. Can play the keys completely off of a piano. Good Lord, can that man play a piano and sing. So, whoo, he's good. Anyway. When he was in college in Bruton Parker finishing up, he's a little bit older than I am, he was coming home on Wednesdays and he'd come home on Sundays and he worked with the youth and he did the music. Well, that's the first time I'd ever seen a youth pastor in my life. Didn't even know they existed because I'd always went to small country churches that didn't have youth pastors. I didn't even know youth camp existed until I became a youth pastor in 2004 and then I was mad because I'd missed this for all these years. Youth camp is awesome. Man, if you've never been to youth camp, you are missing it. But anyway, that's beside the point. But I remember seeing this for the very first time and going, wow, these guys exist? People that work with youth? That's awesome. And you know what? Through that, God began to burden my heart. The advance, I, I may want you to do that. I was like, what? I, I don't even know what that means. And I remember talking. Of course, now you've got to know my dad. My dad may watch this tonight. And uh, so I don't mean this as an insult to my dad at all. Um, but I remember going to my dad and talking to him about that. Right after I got out of high school, I said, Dad, I feel like God might be burdening my heart for, um, to, to work with youth ministries, to do youth. And, and uh, of course, if you know my dad, he's a pastor, and he is not going to influence you, influence you at all. He will not do it. He has not one time in my life said, Vance, I think that's what God's leading you to do. He has never said that. I've wanted him to say that, 
but he would not. You know why? Because I needed to come to that decision on my own. That was between me and God. That was, as he's told me years later, you don't need to do anything because I told you to. You need to do it because God led you to. And I remember because he didn't give me the answer I, I wanted, I walked away from that. I thought, well, maybe God didn't lead me to do that. So then I pursued a lot of things. Man, I've done everything but paint the yellow lines in the highway out there, okay? I've done a lot of things. I went from job to, and you know what I was doing? I was running. See, I thought if I did something else and got busy that I just, God would just forget that, and it didn't. It just cost me about 10 years of my life before I finally got back to doing what he called me to do to start with. And you know what? I was very miserable for a long time until I finally said, you know what, God? I'm tired of running. What do you want to do with me? And having said all that, God, when he finally got me still long enough to use me, I did get involved in ministry and I did work with youth and I pastored churches and all all of this stuff. But the point is, is sometimes we get sidetracked and when we think, well, maybe God's not saying that to me, I'll just go do something else. And that's a bad place for us to be at because we're not focused in on the, and, and I'll be honest with you, in those times when I did those other things, I didn't pray about them. I just went and did them because I wanted to. I went and worked a job because I wanted to work that job. I went and did that because I wanted to do that. And, and listen, and I realized that I was sidetracked. Later on in my life, I looked back and realized, God, you didn't lead me to do any of those things. See, I'm a firm believer in this. Uh, a lot of people look at me like I'm crazy when I say this, but I believe it with all of my heart. I believe that God is concerned in even the smallest, minute details of your life. I believe God cares about who you date. I believe God cares about who you marry. I believe God cares about where you go to college. I believe He cares about where you work. I believe all of those things. I believe God cares about every aspect of your life. And, and listen, we should go to God before we make any decision and say, God, what do you have for my life? Where do you want me to be? Where are you leading me to be at, God? Because God has a purpose and a place for everything. Listen, He orchestrates all the, all the time and leading us to be in certain places. And so we get sidetracked and we waver off of God's will because why? It's not the will we want for our lives. But we've got to understand and this is what I think God was trying to convey to Joshua. If you walk with me and you'll, you'll stay where I put you, you'll be blessed. But if you don't, then you probably won't be. doesn't mean that things won't work out the way you want them to work out sometimes, but you won't have the blessings of God on your life if you're in total obedience to Him. And so we see here that we need to not waver, but we need to stay true to whatever God instructs us, instructs us to do. I, I, I thought about James over here, and I don't want to take this chapter out of context at all uh, to just make it fit what I want it to fit tonight. I'm very cautious of that. But I, I couldn't help but be drawn to James tonight as I was reading earlier and studying. And I thought about James chapter 1. And, of course, he's talking about trials here in John, James 1 verse 2. But I still think it applies. He said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. He says, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Then he says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for if he doubts, 
He is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And, and so we think about faith and praying and seeking God. If God leads us to something and he puts it on our heart to go do it, then don't waver in whether you believe God's led you to do something or not. Put your mind on it, your heart on it, and move forward. And, and can I tell you? You may be like little David that we talked about about four weeks ago. You may be the only guy standing on the battlefield, but if God led you to do it, you're not standing alone. I promise you, he is standing with you, and he's standing out in front of you. So you can't allow other people to influence you on how you serve the Lord. And I believe that's what God was saying to Joshua, that Joshua, you need to be strong and very courageous, and you need to observe according to the law. Don't let it, don't, listen, don't turn from the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Now, I want to say this here before we move on. When it says that you may prosper wherever you go, Christians cannot measure uh, godly prosperity according to the world's standards. Okay? You just can't. Uh, so many times you may be prosperous in God's eyes, and you may be a failure in the world's eyes. Or you may not accomplish what the world thinks you should be accomplishing, or, or well, why are you doing that? Well, that doesn't make any sense. Again, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. It matters what God said. And at the end, when, it's all, when it all boils down, that's all that's going to matter is what God said and what you did with what He said. And so you need to make sure that you were listening to Him. Because when we talk about prosperity here, we're talking about blessings. God's blessings. And God blesses His people when they're obedient to His Word. I would rather have the hand of God upon my life than all the money in the world. Now, the money in the world can buy you a lot of stuff. But it's just stuff. And if I've learned one thing in life, stuff loses its luster in a very short amount of time. It'll make you happy for a little while. But after a little while, it's just stuff. And, you know, we got a car outside that we're paying on. If you'll listen, you can hear it rusting as I stand here. Yeah. It's depreciating while I'm standing here, and I'm still paying on it. You know, uh, it's got dents in it from people opening car doors on it. That annoys me to no end. I'm sorry to walk in a grocery store and come out and got a dent that you didn't have when you went in there. Mm. You know, people running their shopping carts into my car. But anyway, but it's just, okay, I'm moving on. Moving on. I need one of them stress balls up here I can squeeze, you know, just kind of like, let it go. But anyway, the thing is, it's just stuff. It's stuff. If something happens to me today, somebody else will drive it. So it's just stuff. And so the thing is, we work so hard to obtain stuff that we can't take with us. We work so hard to have so much stuff in this life that's just, it's just going to corrode and go right back to the dirt that it came from. Everything is made from something, minerals and, and metal and things of that nature. It's all going to rust down. The only thing that's really going to matter is what we did with God and the blessings of God. I want the blessings of God on my life. Warren Wiersbe made this statement, and this is, this is, there's been no truer statement ever been made. He said, the questions that God's people need to ask are, did we obey the will of God? Were we empowered by the Spirit of God? Did we serve the glory of God? If we can't answer yes to these questions, 
then our ministry has been successful in God's eyes. Or excuse me, if we can answer yes to these questions, then our ministry has been successful in God's eyes. No, what, no matter what people think. So if we can stand back at the end of the day and say, God, I get everything you told me to. God, I did exactly what you told me to. God, I, I, I did everything that you led me to. I talked to the people you led me to talk to. God, I ministered where you told me to minister. I ministered with all of my heart, Lord. I did everything you sent me to do. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. At the end of the day, if you can say, God, I did what you told me to do, then that's, that's all we want. There's nothing else. And that is how we measure success. Now, notice verse 8 here. You'll be encouraged to know that I'm almost done. Says, verse 8 says, This book of the law, it shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Now that word meditate here, which probably, when you know the word, what the, what the word meditate here means in Hebrew, kind of makes sense probably why it was written that the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. The word meditate there in Hebrew means to mutter means to mutter. Now, we think meditate. We think, you know, sitting and just thinking about it. But there's so much more to it in the Hebrew word. It means to mutter. It was the practice of reading the Scripture aloud and to talk about it to themselves and to one another. Anybody in here talk to themselves? I mean, I talk to myself all the time. They say it's a sign of either being really brilliant or on the verge of being crazy. I think I'm on the verge of being crazy. I don't think it's brilliant. So I can be in the house sometimes and Connie or the girls or somebody go, Dad, did you say something? I did, but it was to me. It wasn't to anybody else, you know. I'm just doing my own thing. Matter of fact, when Summer was first born, she was, well, she's about probably maybe when she just started talking. I don't really know exactly what age that was, but she was real little. And uh, I did something that I didn't even realize that I, that I did until Summer did it one day. And I said, where did she get that from? But I'm bad about walking up to a cabinet or a shelf or one of my bookshelves at home looking for a book. I don't do this anymore, but I'd walk up there and go, let's see, let's see. And I'd be hunting a book. I don't even know why I said that. I don't know where I got it from. And then one day when Summer started talking, she walked over to uh, a shelf there in the kitchen looking for something. And she's little old thing. She goes, let's see, let's see. And I remember being there with Connie. I said, where did she get that from? And Connie said, you really don't know? I said, no, who does that? She goes, you do that. I'm like, no, I don't. And then the next time I went to look for something, I said, let's see. I, went, I do do that. I do that. You know, I, I, do, I say the same thing. So I talk to myself all the time. But that's what this means. When the Hebrew word meditate means to mutter, it's meaning to read the scriptures aloud, to hear yourself. Matter of fact, I had a college professor tell me that one time. And I, he's the first person ever told me this, but he says, you know, when you're trying to remember material, which it applies here. He says, when you're trying to read material and remember it, he said, read it aloud so you can hear yourself reading it. And I was like, really? I, I didn't know that. He said, by hearing yourself read it aloud, you're, you're, you're taking more in than you think you are, and it's going to stick. So that's, that's the principle here, is that when they were reading God's Word, they were to read it out loud so they could, they could think about it. And they could meditate on it. And they would learn it. Matter of fact, go over into Acts. Go to Acts with me. And we see an example of it over here. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And this is the, the, uh, the, the Philip and the eunuch here. Uh, I won't read you the whole chapter. But we're looking at Acts 8.26 here. 
It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in the chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him. You get what I'm saying? He heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? This is what, this is what the unit was doing. He was reading the book of Isaiah out loud and he was, he was trying to comprehend what it said. And so, so when we think about meditating on God's word, when we think about what God was telling Joshua, he was saying, you need to read it. You need to mutter it out loud. You need to hear these words. Don't just read it, but you need to hear what it says, which goes back thinking about what God told James over there to not just be a, uh, a hearer of God's words, but a doer. When you hear what God's word says, put it to practice in your life and start doing what it tells you to. Matter of fact, the book of Psalms. Um, let's see here, the book of Psalms. All of a sudden, I couldn't find the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1. We'll, say, we'll start in verse 1. We're not going to read you the whole chapter, but it's a couple of verses we want to see. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. He says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law, he meditates. Again, that meditate, that's the Hebrew word, means the same thing. He meditates day and night. Same thing that God told Joshua. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So if we read God's Word and we meditate on it or we kind of read it out loud to ourselves, we ponder on it. We're not just reading, speed reading, but we're reading and we're thinking about what it says and we're hearing what it says and we're applying it to our lives. Listen, God told Joshua, he says, that it shall not depart from your mouth means that we should always have these words there. God's word should always be in our mouths. It should always be in our hearts. It should always be on our minds. I personally think that that's why if you can find time in the morning, I know everybody's schedule doesn't allow it, but I still believe if you can somehow find time to put that Bible reading in the morning of your life, then when you read it in the mornings, you've got all day to think about what you read. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. You're, you're maybe even quoting some scripture back to yourself all day going, you know, when I read that today, God, what does that mean? Because see, here's what we should be doing. And, and, and I'm not, this is how I do it, but I'm not saying it's the right way, but I believe this is what we're supposed to do. Uh, you probably got a way better way than I do. But when I'm reading God's word and I'm studying it, I have days when I have to slide my Bible back and I just have to say, God, I need help. I don't understand what that means, but I want to understand what it means. God, help me to understand that. There are days when I walk away, Brother Andy, and I still don't understand. There's some things that's just over my head, and, and I believe God in His due time will let me understand that in His time. Because there are things that I have studied in my life that I didn't understand, and then all, one day it was all of a sudden it's like, aha, I got that. You know, I got it took me 15 years, but I got it, you know. So in God's time, He directs us, but we need to talk to God, read God's Word, study. Let it get into our lives because, listen, by meditating on God's Word, by studying it, it's going to keep us, listen, it's going to keep us on that straight path. It's going to keep us doing what God would have us to do. 
The more I get into God's Word, the less I stray, the less I get sidetracked. Uh, and, and I think this is what, and I'm going to close with this thought, and I believe this is what God was saying to Joshua. And even Warren Wiersbe made this quote. He said, Joshua's strength and courage, and this is what, this is what I believe God was saying to him. Joshua's strength and courage would come from meditating on the Word of God, believing its promises, and obeying its precepts. God is the one who blesses us. He's the one who takes care of us. He's the one we can put our trust in. But listen, here's what we say so many times in our lives, and you want to hear this, and I'm closing with this thought. We say so many times, God, I want to hear you speak. God, please speak into my life. And God did speak. He, he gave you a Bible. And, and if you want to really hear God speak, then you've got to get into God's Word. Because when you get into His Word and you begin to read it and study it, God speaks to you through that Word. Now, He speaks in a lot of other ways, but He speaks a lot to me through His Word. And when I don't get into it like I'm supposed to, and I don't read and I don't study, when I don't, I find myself becoming weak. I find myself getting off track. I find myself not focusing on the right things. I find myself just going in a lot of different directions. I need God's Word in my life to help me be strong, to help me be courageous, to help me stand for the things that I need to stand for in this life and in this world, uh, to lead my family the way I need to lead, to pastor, to preach, all of those things. I can't do it apart from God's Word and apart from God. We've got to get into His Word. So, backing up, looking at those two verses tonight, we, we didn't intentionally skip over them the other day. We just didn't cover them, and I had intentions of going back. But as you read through the book of Joshua, and we're going to be doing that over the next, the next few weeks, looking at the book of Joshua and seeing how God used Joshua as a leader, I believe it all stems back to his connection with God and how he stayed in God's Word and how he studied and how he prayed and how he listened to God. Anytime we as Christians stay in a close connection or close relationship with God, there's no way we can fail. There's no way we can fail. It may not be popular with the world around us and, our, and the people around us, but as long as we're doing what God's called us to do, we can't fail. So let's pray tonight. Father God, Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful, Lord, for uh, God, just what it means, Lord, to us, the fact that you have given us a copy of your word, Lord, to be able to study and to be able to read and to draw strength from. God, may, may we never, <coughs> God, may we never take for granted what we have. God, not only do we have your word to read, Lord, but we have the Holy Spirit to guide us through it when we do read it, to help us understand it so that we can grow in our faith. Uh, God, help us to understand that if we're going to be successful uh, Christians today, and when I say successful, I mean in your eyes, then, Lord, it's going to have to be in a close relationship with you, and that is through prayer and Bible study. It's not something we do so we can say we've done it, it is something we do so we can grow as a Christian and, Lord, so that we can have a closer walk with you. So, God, help us to understand tonight that if we don't have a Bible study time, that, Lord, we would be convicted by that and that, God, we would want to have that time in our lives, God, that we would want to get into your word and read it and study it. God, may this invitational time tonight be used, God, for us to reflect upon where we're at as Christians and, God, to get more serious with you. And we pray this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.